I want to encourage all you team members, definitely be here in the fellowship at the 21st and uh, register, make plans to be here. We'll plan. We're going to feed you. Everybody loves tacos, but it's going to be a great time of recognition, appreciation, but also some instilling into the vision of 2023. Do you have some things you'd like to happen in your life in 2023? Have you already thought about? Why, well, some of you have already been thinking about vacation back last October. <laughs> well, we got our Christmas budget, but now we're going to, you know, we're going to, you know, there's vacation time. We're going to have to reserve uh, the beach house and all this stuff. And so you're already thinking ahead, aren't you? But this year, so here it is. You know, what's holding you up? Make your plans. Now, I'm not talking about vacation, but anything to set a goal in this year made me think of interesting. And, you know, you can put it up on the screen there. Our vision this year is find your why. It's to find your why. I believe God's going to teach us some things, going to speak to us, going to show us, reveal. And I believe that there's going to be great things happening in our life when we uh, understand and incorporate this vision throughout this year and everything that goes on, not just the church, but our personal life, that we find our why. We find your why. Sort of remind me of a story of uh, it was holiday season, and a young woman, uh, she was a mom also herself, and she was making the holiday meal. And they decided she knew, well, this year we're going to have ham, and like they normally do, and so she went to go prepare ham. When she did, she went, and her husband was watching, and she took the ham, and she cut both ends off. And, and so, you know, cut them off, and she put it in the pan, a pan that was adequate. And the husband said, why do you cut the ends of the ham off? She said, well, I don't know. I've always done it. I've always done that. I've always done that, you know. I don't know why I can't answer you, so I don't know. I'll ask my mom, you know, and she called her mom, and mom answered the phone, and she said, Mom, she said, why do, do we cut the ends of the ham off before we put it in the pan to put it in the oven? And Mom said, well, I don't know. I can't remember. Let me go. I got to call Mom, Grandma. We're going to call Great Grandma and talk to her about that. And so it called Great Grandma. Great Grandma, because the first mom had kids. So Great Grandma. Great Grandma. She called, and great-grandma answered the phone, and she said, uh, Mom, why do we cut the ends of the ham off before we put it in the pan? And great-grandma said, well, let me think. I, I think, oh, honey, I think why did it, we did it because the pan I had couldn't hold the ham I put in there, and so I cut the ends off so it fit in the pan so we could have ham. And so... In all of that reasoning and that discussion is this, you, it's good to ask why. It's good to discover and to find your why. Because sometimes you could be doing things, you don't even know why you're doing it. You don't know how, you're, you know how it even came into being into your life. And some of us have maybe made some central, core, important things in our life that are, and we don't even know why. So we're going to find, find your why is so important. And what do I mean by find your why? Your why, and when I say you, it's me also, your why is your calling. It's your conviction. 
Your why is your mission statement. Your why is the vision of your life and work. Your why is the core source of motivation. Your why is the reference point for all your decisions and actions. Your why defines who you are and what makes you productive. It's the reason. It's the purpose. The purpose or the why, if it could be explained, would be the purpose or would I say the why is original intent. The original intent is the why. Miles Monroe said this one time. He said, he said, the greatest tragedy in life is not death, but a life without purpose. We're going to, you need to find your why. And find your why is so important, it motivates us to search for a reason. To search for a reason, when we find our why, it motivates us to search for a reason. It's the catalyst for introspection. It makes you look within and becomes a driving force when you find the answer. Why is there? No one is more powerful than an individual that has found their why. They're more motivated. They're empowered because they have found their why? They move from pause to purpose. They, from uncertainty to certainty. From indecision to decision. Whys are vital in our life that we find our why. And when we find our why, then, then our life can be totally changed. Whys are inevitable. They will always be around. However, there are things that we, the children of God, should and can be certain of the whys in our life. And you may ask, well, Pastor, how can I begin to find my why? First of all, to find your why is realize that your purpose, your why, isn't for you but God's purposes. It isn't for you, your why. It is for God's purposes. In the book of Acts chapter 13 and verse 36 in the Amplified Bible, it reads this way. He says, For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was buried among his fathers and experienced decay. In the grave. Now, I don't know why they put the decay in there. I guess they want to make sure he's dead and gone. Because I think the following verse talks about Jesus who did not decay and did not die. He rose from the dead. But here, David, here, I want us to see here and consider and look at this, that, that David, after he served the purposes of God in his own generation, then, you know, he fell asleep, he died. That's a nice way of saying falling asleep, that died. He died and was buried among his fathers. And there he was. He was buried. He was dead. He was gone. But it was after, after he had served the purpose, the purposes or the purpose of God in his own generation. You have a purpose. You are to find your why in your generation this time. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about, please, please. I know some of us in here, our best times were the 70s and the 80s. I'm not telling you go back. Your time is still now. 
You have why of now to your generation. You're still in your generation. You're still around. And so here David, he said he found that he served after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation. And we find that David, God used him. He had a heart for the Lord, a man after God's own heart. And he set his life and purposes to God's purposes in his life. This is really contrary to modern thinking today. The modern thinking of today is, what about me? What about me? How about me? Where do I fit in? What do I get? What do I receive? In this self-centered kind of of mentality, God's mind hasn't changed. God says, I've created you and created you with purpose. And I've created you so you find your why. David wasn't trying to find his purpose but to fulfill God's will for his life. It wasn't about him. It was about God. How do I? You know, many times we have a tendency to let God and find where does God fit in my life? No, the big question is where do you fit in with God? And so the the purpose David served his generation by following the purpose of God, fulfilling the purpose of God. The key verse of scripture of our vision this year is Acts 17 and verse 28, a portion of it. That I love this verse, for in him, Paul said, we live and move and have our being. He was talking, he said this on Mars Hill, where he was talking in front of a bunch of Gentiles and pagan idols all over the place. Even an idol that said, uh, gave honor to the unknown God. That's just in case they missed a God in their polytheistic thinking of many gods and all this. They were so much into themselves to their philosophy and their ideas that they created a stand that if someone come up with a new idea they can get up and go public and talk to everybody and we're just so impressed with each other you know that's what the Greeks were they were just so impressed with everything that come out of them they worshiped their body they worshiped the body and they they indulged themselves in philosophy upon philosophy but you know their civilization fell out and eventually it revived itself in the United States of America where they were so much into philosophy and ideas and openness and pagan and idolatry, idols everywhere. I'm not talking about dumb stone idols. I'm talking about things that maybe are even living with other people. That they put anything in front of God. But let me tell you something else is not your why. The only one who is your why is his name is Jesus. He's our why. He's our purpose. And we find our why. He must always be in the center core of our decisions in the center core of our, of our actions and what motivates us with all the multiplistic things that involve our life. And yeah, I don't know about you, but I found life is very multiplistic, filled with a lot of things, isn't it? You got your job. You got your, most of all, let's start. There's so many, I guess you start to talk. You've got your spouse. You've got your family, your kids. You've got your, your responsibilities. Care for them and take care of them. And all these other things involve your life, your job, your career, your future, your retirement, your, your, your money, your, all these things of, of trying to take care of things in your life. There's just so many faces, so many sides to our life, so much of God. God says, listen, I don't want you wandering around 
being totally disillusioned and not ready to know what to do or how to do it or I don't want you floating around like you're you're totally lost did you know there are people no doubt even in this room that think you know I feel totally lost in my life I don't know what I'm going to do I don't know how I'm going to do it don't know what's going to happen whatever let me tell you that your answer is to find your why and your why can't be about you it must be about him he'll get you centered He'll get you straightened up. He'll get you going, right? But he has to be in the why. He has to be there. Psalmist said in Psalm 57 and 2, he said, I will cry to God most high who accomplishes all things on my behalf, for he completes my purpose in his plan. Realize that the core define your why's have already understand that they that realize the core to find your wise have already been answered for us. I'm so glad that God loves us so much that he doesn't hand it totally over to us. Well, I think he did, or at least we took it. I think that's what we called living uh, being a sinner. And letting us make our own decisions and be controlled by sin and the lust of the flesh and all this stuff. And, and usually, you know, that's why people, usually they get to a place that even those who are wealthy, they have careers, they have stuff, they have all this stuff. And then they look in the mirror and say, I'm empty. I can't find uh, what, what this is all about. I can't find my why because it's, it's never in stuff. It's never in the toys that you own and the stuff you have and the money that you have. It's not that your why, our why is in Jesus Christ. And when we're floating around, wandering around in disillusionment, usually involves maybe sin. Because God loves us so much, he doesn't leave us on our own and with ourselves he comes and he says, listen, this is why he uses the word Lord. Is because we have trouble finding our why. Mm -hmm. Because we've got baggage and stuff going on in our life. We have sin. We have, and we cried out to the Lord. And the Lord forgave us. Not only forgave us, but this poor man cried. He said, I was in the miry clay. He pulled me up and set me on a rock and he established my goings. He established my goings because he pulled us from the miry clay. He set our feet on a rock. And he said, you can go this way and I'll go there with you. That is our God and that's what he's done. How many here are so grateful that the Lord has been... He's been the center. He's been able to do the... He's the one. He's the why in our life. Now, you know, that's where the church is at today. The church is at today, we've got to reestablish our why. You know what happens if we reestablish and re-identify our why? That's something they call revival. Revival is literally, truly going from question to answer and discovery. Revival is taking the question why and making it into the answer with why. You know, it's, it, it, revival occurs when their people are seeking God 
and saying, God, we don't want to be in this condition anymore. We don't want to be in this shape anymore. Something's got to give. Something's got to change. I can't find my footing. I don't know where I'm going. I can't find a hope or a peace or anything of it. But when you find your why, then suddenly you find that you have the fruit of the spirit of love and joy and peace and long-suffering. You find the purpose of life. You find the presence of God when you find your why. Now, there are things that realize that the core of find your why's have already been answered for us. They're foundational in their faith. They're rocks that we stand on. Our responsibility in this time we live in, in 2023, is to change the question why to the answer why. You ask me why, now let me tell you why. You know, it's from why do I to this is why I do. You know, and you go and the question of in our finding our why, we go and say, why do I go to church? And then in the process of transforming the why, I go to church. Because it says it in the Bible, I love the Lord, I want to be in fellowship with Him, I want God to use me, I need direction in my life, I need someone to teach me, to show me, to train me, to prepare me. I go to church because Jesus is number one in my life. So I go to church and that is why I do go to church. It goes from question to explanation point, you know. We're convinced, we know. And there's no question, or we question, say, you know, why do I need to bring my children to mid midweek groups? Why do I need to do that? And then you realize that when you come to the answer from the answer question, you go to the answer of why and say, I go to midweek because it's a time for my children to open a Bible and to read their Bible, to talk over the Bible, life lessons that relate to them. And I want to equip my children to be prepared in the dark world that we live in, be able to remain and stay in their Christianity, the Word of God being planted in their heart, and their faith is increased. And I want them to know Jesus and have a personal relationship with Him. I want to, that class will reinforce what I'm presenting at home with my family. I go to midweek because that's when the children meet, that's when the the youth meets, that's when they get together. That's why I go on Wednesday. I guess you need to maybe judge your whys of why you don't and why you do. See, you come to a decision, and we're going to find our why. We're going to find a why. Hey, let's throw away culture. Let's throw away tradition. Let's concentrate on the present need. You know what I'm saying? Don't go to church because grandma went. You go to church because you and I in this present generation have found our purpose to fulfill the purpose of God in my generation. And it's not all in the church. And I'll be first to tell you, church is not your Christianity. 
But church is your training ground where you're trained. We're not a restaurant where that we, we're supposed to feed people who are hungry. I'm not talking physical. I'm talking spiritual. Where people cry and say, I'm just not being fed. You know, <laughs> get a fork. You know, that's good. You know, you know what I mean? Huh? Yeah. Or it's not... Let me tell you this. Here we go. It's not a hospital either. Though we minister to the needs of people and believe and have faith and pray for them and encourage them and minister to them. But it's not a place where people can lie in beds and, and, and be treated and cared for and that's it. Now listen, I know I'm not getting a bunch of amens, but that's okay. I'll tell you what the church is. It is to, for the equipping of the saints. That you and I go out as children of God. People who have found our why. And we know that we're a Christian because Jesus saved us. And Jesus has called us. And Jesus wants us to share the gospel. And that others around us won't die and go to hell. Because God's called us to, to be his witness. You're called whether you like it or not. You're called. Yeah moment you came to Christ, you're called. We don't want anybody to be lost without the Lord. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We have unique, glorious fellowship and love for one another. But we got a cause. We got a why. And we're going to fulfill our why. Do the purpose and do the why God's brought us into this generation. You know what's happening around us? We're getting more and more drug houses. We're getting warnings on Facebook by the sheriff talking about people who, who rob your house while you're there at home and be screaming at the door like a woman's in trouble and all they do is force their way in. They want you home because they want to take your money because you're at home. When you're gone, they, you've got the money. So a new trick, a new trial, a new stuff. Okay, we got all this stuff going around. You know what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to reach the lost. We're supposed to reach the lost. I don't know how to remove all these weights except God removes weights. God breaks the chains. God does the work. But I will tell you, he's called us to be his mouthpiece and to speak and to let our light shine and reach out to the lost. He has called us, Rodney Pike Church of God, to be a training place. Amen. Yeah, amen, amen. We have fellowships. we got a mess hall. We'll have fellowship and have a meal every once in a while. We even have church latrines uh, over in the latrine area and stuff. And we also have instruction that takes place and conditioning that takes place. Uh, but we also have doors where we come in and we go out. We come in and we go out. We come in and we go out. I come in. Why? Because I love the Lord. I go out. Why? Because I love the Lord Jesus Christ. New season, new day. And we say that for opportunity of blessing and empowerment. And it is. But let's not stop there. New season, new day for the wise to be answered. A new season, new day for the impact on the people's lives around us. New season, new day. 
Not so we go through 2023 and enjoy ourselves along the way and think 24 is right around the corner, but He has called us to win the loss, to preach the Word, to let our light shine, to love people, to be willing to minister to a future generation. My heart is breaking for the children in our community, our children in our churches. There's poison that's being spread out in our society, our secular society. We have got to train our children. I want our children to be saved, sanctified, baptized in the Holy Ghost so they can deal with this stuff that's out in the world. That's it. And we got the sauce. We got Jesus. We got the Holy Ghost. And God's just saying, hey, I want you to find your why. I want you to find your why. I've decided, you know, I don't know about you, but I got another birthday in a few days. I tried, I put in an order for no more birthdays, but then I realized the consequences if I do that. So, I with great humility and obedience receive another birthday. Thank you, Jesus. But I refuse to stop doing my why. I may not be lead pastor here forever. I don't plan on it. But I refuse in my personal life to back away from doing anything God want me to do in my generation. I won't be like David till the day David died. He served the purpose of God. He found his why. You've tried a lot of things. You've tried college. You've tried work promotion. You've tried a lot of things to try, and those things are good with their place. But have you really tried, God, to find your why? Yeah. Paul, Saul of Tarsus, was a very influential guy, very smart, very intelligent, very influential, so much that the temple sent him out to go and start arresting those radical Christians. But Saul of Tarsus was not in his why. Jesus stopped him along the way and said, I got, a, I got the why for you. Saul of Tarsus, and Jesus even tells Ananias, who's praying, he's supposed to pray for Paul or Saul of Tarsus, it's blind, it will be in Damascus, to go pray for him, they receives his sight, God told Ananias, he's going to be a minister to the Gentiles, and reach the Gentiles, revealing the why in his life. You and I are called to help people to find their why. To find their why. Now, finding your why is so important. And notice that in the vision, it says the word find, which means we will seek. It's good. It's good to search. 
The Bible even says, Paul said, examine to see if you be in the faith. See, it's, good, it's good to have some why season of why to begin to question why. Why am, am I doing this? Why am I not doing this? But answer, to find the answer why. And then there's, you find, find means seeking. So that's why we want to find our why. We're going to do some seeking the Lord. And your means that the power is in the word your when it's yours. You take ownership. You use it. Find your why. When people get saved or people start coming to church, I'll ask them at times, I say, what do you think is, you feel is your ministry purpose? Because we all have ministry purpose. We ha- God has a why. Why he wants us. And why he's working in our life. When we find our why, like I said, revival occurs in our life. And then what will happen? The singing will really, really get good. You know what I mean? In, in, in the eyes of people involving. And, uh, it just really is like Noah will be an ambassador of the Lord. Then Noah will almost have wings on his, um, on his back. And people will say, he's the angel of the Lord. And message. You know why? Because it's in the perceiver. Because perceivers have found their why. It lines up the worship. It lines us up together as a people. When we find our why, revival occurs in the life. And let me tell you this, okay? Do not let your surroundings and circumstances determine your why. And that's what the devil does. He's pressuring you to let circumstances determine your why. Don't let that occur and don't let it happen in your life. He's against us. We know that, so let's just own up to it. We, I hate him and he hates me. You know, it bugs me when I hear children say, I hate, but I tell you, I'll say, listen, I don't like Brussels sprouts. I don't like raking leaves, and believe me, that's a very unlike raking leaves. I don't like painting. It's just, you know, I just, I don't like, I'll do it, but, you know, painting walls is what I'm talking about. Painting, I don't like it. But I'm telling you one thing I hate. I hate the devil. I hate what he has done to people. And I hope I get a chance to kick him before he's cast into the lake of fire. Because I'm tired of seeing the woe and the pain. My life has been at the, at the situation of what sin has occurred, the curse and pain and, and dying and suffering and going I, all my life. I've seen all my life in ministry. So I'll be glad he gets what's coming to him. I'll be glad you get what's coming to you in the right way. The Lord's wanting to bless you. I want to see, see it on your face. See it in your Facebook post. See it in your conversation. Overhear what you're saying. and Hear the glories of the Lord and the goodness. And hear and the evidence and see the evidence that you have found your why. I look for it. God's going to provide it. And I'm going to rejoice in the Lord for that. Now let me close with this that I think is so true. Discouragement comes when you lose your why. 
Your why is, uh, you don't know why, you, don't, you can't find meaning, purpose. You lose your why. And the devil's constantly wanting you to lose your why. And then my last line here is this. Don't be grumpy. Find your why. Now, the reason why I said that is this. We get grumpy when we're outside of our why. When we lose our why, we get grumpy. We get complaining. We get negative. You know what? Come on. Someone raised my hand and said, yes, Lord. Not saying it's you. I'm just saying that's always, it's always somebody else. But you just agree with me that those who lose their why are grumpy. They're grumpy. They're mad. They're griping. It's always one thing or another. Always calamity upon calamity upon calamity. Well, the thing is, their circumstances is determining their why. God wants you and I and our faith in Christ, who is our why and our purpose, to cause us to rise above those circumstances. Some of you are witnesses of it. Some of you, I've seen God do that. The devil, I saw some of you, the devil literally wanted to crush you, destroy you, and pulverize your life. But look at you. Look at where you're at. You found that, that you found that, that Jesus is your why. Jesus is the reason of your life and that everything you do, whether go to Walmart, I'm going to Walmart. Why? Because Jesus is going to be with me at Walmart. I'm going to go to work. Why? Because Jesus is with me at the workplace. I'm going to go here and there and do this and that. I'm going to correct my kid. Why? Because Jesus would want me to correct my child. I'm going to hug my child till he says don't do it anymore. And even if he's 40 years old, he's still going to get it. Pap is always going to embarrass him. I don't care if he's 50 years old. There will be a 73-year-old that's going to come. Well, no, I think 72-year-old that's going to grab a hold of him and hug him in his gray hair days and on. And my daughter, well, she's always going to be young. She'll never grow older. But I'll tell you the fact this. Listen, why? Because Jesus is going to be in my hugs. Jesus is going to be in my talk, my instruction. Jesus is your why. How many here believe that God intends for you to to be successful in this life. Now let me interpret successful. Success is not wealth. Success is living a life that is fulfilling a life of significance. That's the word I was looking for. Being significant. It's not success of money, prestige, titles. Everybody's got a title. But it's significance. And you'll live a significant life if you find your why. Yeah. God will touch everything that is important to you. He'll touch it. He will. I sat, I, I stood in front of some MIP grads or MIP students yesterday and ministerial uh, intern, interns yesterday and their spouses. Most of them have children. And I looked at them and it reminded me when I, God called me into the ministry, I said, God, I don't know if I do this. God, I, when he called me the pastor, I said, God, I don't know if I can do My children 
I'm worried about my children. And the father said to me, he said, Ron, I'll take care of your children. And he has. He is faithful. He is faithful. God will take all care of all that is yours. You find the why. We'll talk more about specifics as time goes on. But first of all, first and foremost, it begins with him. It begins with him. Would you stand with me?